In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. As we begin today, no other, no better way to begin than in the Word of God. Let me share with you um, from something the Apostle Peter writes in, in 1 Peter 4 12 and 13. Beloved, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Wow. Challenging and humbling truths that are as true today as they were a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. Now consider having two fiery trials one on top of the other. This is exactly what happened at Christian Fellowship Church, where our guest today serves as lead pastor. The church has just spent three years selling, had, excuse me, just spent three years selling their campus, moving to a new location, rebuilding, and preparing for a reimagined mission, vision, and impact. Well, on what was to be opening day in March 2020, guess what hit? You already know it. COVID-19 shut down our country, and the opening celebration at the church was put off, was postponed. You know, as a pastor, I know that building programs are among the most challenging tasks that church leaders face, and an uncharted global pandemic add that, and you might say that the church and our guest, its leader, were thrust into a double fiery trial. Listen today to hear a story of faith and perseverance that will inspire you, whether you're sort of an everyday Christ follower, a church leader, or leading in any capacity or context. And normally I'll say at this point, hey man, you know the drill, here to get us started, here to get us going. My good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bells, but man, I don't know this guy. He, um, We brought him in from outside. Um, so I don't know. I, here's what I want to say. Here's what I know about it. I know a lot. I'm not going to say a lot. But I will say, like many of us guys, he married way up to a beautiful woman named Kathy. I'm going to let you him tell you more, but dude, go with it. Yeah, well, this is a little odd for us here, long-time listeners here at the show. <laughs> know that my name is Brian Bales, and I'm the lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Church, and I do have the privilege of co-hosting. But we're doing this a little different today. Uh, sometime past, maybe it was a couple of years ago now, when my memory escapes me how long ago it was, where... Just you and I sat down and had a conversation around some of the things that God had allowed you the privilege to go through in your life. And as weird as it is for me today to be sitting in the interviewee chair instead of the interviewer chair, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about how God has allowed some things to happen in my life as a church leader in the hope. And the goal of this is certainly in no way to uplift me, but to uplift Jesus and hopefully just encourage some other leaders that are out there 
who've gone through a lot of the same things. So I'm grateful to be here. You did mention my wife, Kathy, uh, way out kicked my coverage in that. I do have two kids, <laughs> uh, ninth grade and sixth grade. I never know if they want me to mention their names or not. So I'm going to go on the no name, but they're great kids. I love them. Uh, glad to have them. And they are just um, amazing people. And uh, frankly, without them and some of the encouragement they've been for me in my life, for me, at least the last two years would have been much more difficult or not almost oh impossible to make it impossible. through. Yeah. 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 yeah, Well, let me just say this, man, because you brought it up and, and, and I want to reiterate it. And it's this, that Brian said, this is not to lift him up. This is to lift up our Lord. And if anybody can learn from this, well, let me tell you what, I've known this guy for quite a while. We're good friends. We're buddies. Like I say every time and co-host, nothing is more true. There's not anything that's more true. Brian would not lift himself up. He always lifts up Jesus. So you know what, buddy? I'm going to get us started here. I'm going to kick this off, and I'm going to let you talk to us, man. Sure. So some of us, I have been to Christian Fellowship Church. Right. I've known you for a while. I know many of the folk who are at Christian Fellowship Church, but a lot of our folks don't. So would you give us a history, a profile, if you will, of, of Christian Fellowship Church? Sure. Christian Fellowship Church has been around for 45 years, uh, wow. February okay. 2022. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it's got a, a rich history. Uh, you know, when I arrived there, I knew about the culture. I knew about the spiritual heritage and the DNA of the church. And one of the unique things about our church is, is we have people that come from all branches of evangelicalism. And so we really try to make sure we focus on the major things. And there are lots of minor things that are important things in Scripture that we do talk about. But What sort of sets us apart in this way is that you'll find people from our church that come from Catholic backgrounds that have come to know Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. You'll come from people who have Baptist backgrounds like myself or Assemblies of God background or Nazarene background. The list can go on and on, but they've come and been called by there to gather. In fact, uh, I've been there 10 years in June, and so there's only been two pastors before me uh, for 35 years as lead pastors at least. And so now uh, I'm the third uh, coming up, as I said, here in 45 years. and You know, one of the focuses, certainly over the last 10 years, is this. If you ever made your way to our new church building and know, Dennis, that uh, you were in our old church building, we'll talk a little bit of that. And anywhere you go in it, you would see on the walls a a sign or something that would say this, a reminder that we're to be a spirit-directed church discipling people to know Jesus as Lord. It's on the website. It's all those places. And a lot of times when people engage Christian Fellowship Church, they ask me, like, what in the world does that mean? You know, how does that play out? And And one of the things that we're really passionate about is as believers, we understand that we are the temple of God, that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And Scripture tells us that He is there to guide us. He's there to direct us. He's there to conform us, convict us, comfort us, to advocate on our behalf. And He, God is with us, right? Emmanuel came to this earth. And then when He left Jesus, He sent His Spirit, as He says in the book of Acts, to then fill us. And so, the reason that we have this statement, a spirit-directed church, discipling people to know Jesus as Lord, is this, is that we understand that naturally as human beings, one of the things that we try to do is on this earth to find what we like to say a substitute deity for God that is in us. And many times that looks like whoever the person is at the church that they go to that they hear speak the most. And at Christian Fellowship Church is a lead pastor. That's me. We sure. have a team environment there, but I speak probably 35, 36 times a year. And so we're trying to be very, very focused at helping people understand that he is the best one to live your life, that through God's word and through God's spirit, rather, he's the best one to lead your life as you live your life. 
that we don't get this out of whack. And so I like to come alongside, our staff likes to come alongside, and sometimes we do it better than others in that way, but point you to that. And so when we do that and we allow the Spirit to direct, we also got to be open to the fact that, you know, from time to time, God's going to direct us in new ways and things that maybe we're <laughs> not super comfortable with. You know, I was I was thinking as you were speaking, although I was listening intently, I was also going to say, you know, sometimes as Christians, um, we're a little freaked out when the Spirit leads us, man. So sure. uh, the Spirit has been directing CFC, the church, to this new vision for the future. Can you tell us about that and what that means? Sure. And, you know, news is a very relative term now. Now we're about five sure. years sure. into this thought process. But, you know, God is he's really funny. I have a friend of mine that likes to say God likes crazy. And uh, that definition <laughs> makes me laugh. But when she said it the first time, I'm like, you know what? That is so true because God likes. Well, no, brother. He likes you and I. So, hey, well, that yeah. tell you? <laughs> God, certainly, if you look at scripture, he likes to put his people in places where their faith is stretched and he comes through. But when he comes through, no one could look around and say that this happened for any other reason other than God, for him to get the glory because he came through and did all of that. And really, you know, several years ago, our church, we've been in Ashburn uh, for 30 years or so. And we, uh, we had a, just a wonderful piece of property, a wonderful building that we had retrofitted over the years that um, originally had been placed in an area that the church thought was going to look different in the future than it did. And so part of what happened over those times is where our church was located really got surrounded by a lot of data centers. And if you're familiar with Ashburn, it's the data center capital of the world. The cloud isn't something that's an actual cloud in the sky. It's a bunch of computers that exist in warehouses, yes, most yes. likely somewhere in Loudoun County. The people you know who are listening to this are probably going through many of them through a, a server that's happening in Loudoun County. And part of being now back in this corporate park in this environment, while we understand that the church is not a building, it's a people, we understand there were some, some significant symbols behind buildings and where we're located, and also some of the challenges that, that we were just seeing. And so we began to pray, say, God, how do we better be the people that you want us to be? And, and we feel um, that as we look at scripture, and I hope anyone would as they, they look at the call of church in scripture, that we're just supposed to come alongside people. We're supposed to serve them, whether it's out in the community or whether they make their way into the building. And so, you know, we just began to really wrestle the difference between who we felt like we were at the moment and who we felt like we were supposed to be and, and who God wanted us to be. And, and so part of it was just this, is that we needed to be better um, integrated into the community and this word over time. I don't know how actually how it happened, truthfully, you know, sometimes I think when you look back, it becomes a little bit revisionist history, like you have a lot better strategic plan, you know, in <laughs> retrospect than you really did. But but over time, for sure, this word sort of indispensable, daily living out the truth of Jesus Christ in our community. And we began to ask questions like, what would it look like for our church to be such a part of the fabric of our community that if we were no longer there, our church could not function mm. um, and rather, the community cannot function without our church well. And in times of our church, we'd asked that question before, and we'd had seasons of doing it better than others. But we realized in this moment that we had to completely you know, change some things. And, and part of that was even looking at what is our location effect. And again, sure. we wanted to stay in Ashburn. We didn't want to move. We feel called to the people of Ashburn. We love people from the other cities that are around there, too. Don't get me wrong. But this, sure. the calling in that way. And so... We just began to process and we said, all right, God, maybe you would even be willing to 
you want us to sell our building and relocate. And we said, God, but this is really going to have to be a view because we want to stay in Ashburn. There's not a lot of land. We don't want to move far. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, but we started just, you know, a little bit like Abraham, I believe, stepping out in faith and just figuring out what God's going to do when we get there. And he's done some pretty cool things. So kind of dovetailing into that, if you will, something sort of, I don't know if you would say very, but um, somewhat uncommon happened at CFC. Mm-hmm. And then and then a series of miracles began to take place and and God really began to work. So so tell me about that, man. Sure. Um, you know, looking back, I think that there are the plans that we have and then the plans that God knows are going to happen. And sometimes yeah, we think yeah, he's going to do one thing, but he's going to do another, but he always does something that's good. And so when our when we bought Amen. the location of the church, it was on 22 acres, and it was a very clear vision. It was a good vision, a godly vision. But what happened was is just the community around us changed, and it wasn't able to be lived out through that location in some ways that we would hope that it would. It wasn't a bad thing, sure. but it was just wound up being different. Well, you know, Dennis, you and I are of a particular age that uh, we remember the Beverly Hillbillies where they bought some land, <laughs> and then they shot a rifle, and up from the ground came a bubbling crude. Well, not exactly crude oil, but of the years that we moved there, these things called the cloud and the data center happened after we bought there. And we just wound up having to have our property right smack dab in the geographical center of a place known as Data Center Alley, where Man. all of this property was being bought up and it had some value. And so we weren't sure. We'd had people ping us over the years, hey, would you be interested in selling to you know, whatever the big data center places might be, you know, Google, Facebook, you know, Amazon, all of those. And of course, none of them would actually give us their real names. They would come under pseudonyms, but <laughs> nonetheless, we'd get pinged over the years and we just felt like this wasn't the time. But what we decided to do was we decided to say this, we said, all right, God, we're just going to step out. And if you provide, we're going to say yes. If you don't provide, that'll be our answer in, in some ways. And um, sure, sure. man, um, he, he really did answer in some amazing ways, even before it had officially gone on um, the market, so to speak, you know, word gets out pretty quickly in some of these tight communities. And we had unsolicited offers on our building. Uh, and the strange thing was, is even the first unsolicited offer was, was 50 to 35% more than what they told us the highest amount that we could get for the property. Wow. And uh, wow. long story short, through Praise God's God. graciousness and kindness and timing and all kinds of things that we don't have time to get into in the show, um, we did wind up selling. And uh, God blessed us in such a way that we were able to uh, sell our property at the highest per acreage at that time in the history of Loudoun County. But not just wow. that, we were wow. able to pay off all our debt that we had still in the building move about three and a half miles away, build a brand new building. And because of the kindness of God and his grace, we owe less on that building than you can buy a condo in Loudoun County. Now, <laughs> as we all know, condos are still more expensive than they need to be in the Washington metro area, but, it, but it's still <laughs> amazing blessing. But part yeah. of the, the great part was that it put us right smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood. One Loudoun is sort of the rest in town center or, uh, Potomac Yard or those types of things of, yes, um, yes. of Loudoun County. And we literally share a property line right next to this community that has thousands of homes, as well as a commercial and, and they have restaurants and they have all of that sort of stuff. But more importantly for us, it's the hub of our county, certainly the hub of Ashburn in that way. And we were able to be there and to um, plant ourselves there. And so 
what we want to do is, again, now become even more indispensable in that way. And so we just feel blessed. So, man, I... So, so when you, so there's some real excitement, man. Sure. Oh, yeah. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. And by the way, I can say, um, man, I liked going out to Brian's church because I can get a firehouse sub. It's really close, by the way. So, um, firehouse I, I should can, send me. I can new... walk it in six minutes, Dennis, just for the record. <laughs> so, anyway, you and I have been, to, man, we've been to some opening days. We're Ohio State mm-hmm. guys. I'm a Cincinnati Reds guy. I've been to some. So, anyway, there's this big excitement and, and they're, they're big celebrations and expectations, but gosh, wasn't the case for you guys, man. What happened? You know, um, one of the things that we knew is that we were looking to open this new building and we were scheduled uh, to open up two weeks before Easter. And we just really felt like, man, there's no better way to introduce yourself to a community than open up at That's, Easter. And so yeah, man, uh, yeah, man. The, the team at Christian Fellowship Church and the team that we connected around them worked like crazy uh, to make that happen. And to just introduce ourselves to the community. And we were just so excited. And, but during the whole time, interestingly enough, one of the things that we would say behind the scenes is that we can't expect a building to do what only God can do. So just sure. because we open sure. up and we have all this sort of stuff, listen, we still have to do what God asks us to do. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. Now, I'll be honest, Dennis, when I said that, I meant that, but there's no possible way I could have imagined not really opening up right? Not getting the benefits of some of those sort of things. And so uh, as many of us know, our our first Sunday was scheduled to be March 22nd, 2020 grand opening. And uh, March 15th was going to be our last Sunday in our old building, the celebration. And on March 13th, two days before um, our last service in our old building is when COVID hit and we stopped meeting. And then the next week we said, oh, well, we're not going to open up. And the next week turned into weeks, which turned into months, which then turned to even when we opened up, there was all of this. And so the truthfulness is, you know, this is March 2022 coming up here. And, uh, you know, for many people, we're just fully now uh, opening up. And so it just hasn't looked the way that we thought. And, um, you know, in some ways, it's been a great opportunity to watch God do some amazing stuff. But, um, you know, in some ways you can get disappointed. I think a lot of times people realize, you know, Dennis, you realize sometimes we don't have expectations, so they're not met. Right. You know, and there's no doubt in my mind that I had, I had tried to say, Hey, it's not about this building, but in my heart, I was really saying, Oh, this is going to do some great things for the kingdom. God, you're going to use this here. All these plans we had to introduce ourselves to the community. This is how, and you know, it didn't work out that way. And, and I have to be honest, at first, it was like, okay, it'll be fine. We're, do you remember that when we say flatten the curve in six weeks? We used to say stuff like that, right? Yes. And so, you know, you would think yeah. to yourself, oh, this is just going to be a temporary setback of about six weeks. And boom, we're going to hop straight back in. Well, as you know, it didn't turn out that way. And so personally, for me, um, it was an opportunity to trust God at levels that um, I didn't know yet I had to trust him. You know how that. I marked that? You know how I marked it, brother? Because yeah. you and I have talked. We adjust. I don't remember the exact date, but I do remember we um, we did shows on Good News for the City. My wife had said, hey, is there any way we can leave Thursday night to come back to Charlotte? Hmm. And I said, I'm sure that'll be fine. My friend, you know this already. That turned into 16 months. And how did I mark it? Well, my my 
on that Thursday when you and I did those programs, right. that calendar was set on the same date when I came back into my office 16 months later. So I have kind of, I wouldn't say I have lived that out with you, but I've, I've experienced some of that. So it not only changed your plans, but, but like you said, man, I feel like for you and, and, and it's got to feel that way because we're humans. It's like running into a brick wall, man. Sure. And so, you know, you kind of pivoted like any churches, you're thrust into this uncharted paradigm shift. You know, tell me, what's that feel like? What are you doing about that? What's, you know, well, I think much how like, have you gained from it? Yeah, I think a lot of business leaders and certainly a lot of church leaders, we're just trying to tread water, man. We're just trying to figure it out. We, there's no master plan for this. You know, we had online services, but nothing like this. You know, the way one direction we thought we were going to go um, wound up going in a different direction. But I think, you know, what it really reminded us of is even though we say that the church is not a building, it's not a building. And even <laughs> though not, we wanted to not. have this beautiful tool, this building, we didn't have it anymore. Right. And it, and it yes, made us think yes, in ways yes. that we knew that we could think, but hadn't been fully prepared. You know, the church in China, the church in a lot of places in the world that, you know, this would have bothered them at all simply because they never yes, used the building yes, and, and those things. So it yes. really, it, it really reminded us. And so as I thought about a lot of things, you know, uh, one of the thoughts that we were talking about is, you know, what was sacrificed and what was gained. And I don't really think about it through a building sacrifice and gain, but I will say spiritually, here was something for me that was sacrificed control. Anyone who's uh, heard me say this before, uh, I don't have a control problem. I have a sin problem that shows up in control. I like to be in control type a, I like all that sort of stuff. And I know God's better in command than I am, but man, I fight him on that sometimes. And so this was something where I had to, I had to just remember to sacrifice control because he knew this before the foundations of the earth. And there's so many stories I could tell you about how yeah, he did. And yeah. I was going to be willing to trust him. I mean, you know, for example, we wanted to get in by Easter and we spent a significant amount of money extra in overtime to get in on Easter. Right. And then we said, we didn't get in. We thought, God, you wasted all these resources we spent in. But you know what? Here's what we discovered a month after that, that if we wouldn't have paid that extra money earlier, all the supply chain stopped and we would have not gotten into a building. And in fact, we'd have spent more money doing it the other way. Oh, you know, we, we stumbled into, we had an attorney, uh, just a wonderful guy, but in, in the process made an error, right? And um, while that was that was one of the scariest moments of my life, truthfully, uh, as, as the leader, not a lot <laughs> sure, of people know this. Sure. I was willing to step down. It was that big of an error that our attorney made, but I signed off on it. Right. And my board was very gracious uh, in that way. But at the end of the day, because of that error, we wound up saving thousands of dollars because of that process and the way it went. And so it's just this reminder that God does not always work the way we think he does, but he's always working for our good. Uh, and his glory. And I think, you know, wherever people find themselves, and we're going to pick up this conversation, I know, in the next time together, but wherever people find themselves, if they're in this moment, whether the building hasn't opened up or life hasn't worked or whatever it may be, we don't want people to forget the good news is that God loved you enough to send Jesus. So certainly in the midst of COVID and all these things that are going on, Dennis, he's not going to leave us hanging out to dry, right? Never, but never. but it sure feels that way sometimes. And I'm only just now even learning some lessons two years after that. And I still got a whole lot of lessons I got to learn, but he is good. And that is good news. Man, it's always, um, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, we've done this, you and I have done this together for quite a while, for several years now, but it's always, it has been, I got to tell you folks, you know, sitting here across from Brian and, and listening to him, Brian, it's been uh, 
gosh, what's the word, brother? It's been, it's had a real impact on me. I mean, when you, it's almost like when you know somebody and you know their story, like I know your story and I know your family and I know, and I know the church. I mean, not super well, but I know of things, you know, it's just so much more for me. It's just so much more impactful to hear you talk about it and to give God glory and to see how God, I mean, you just said that thing about the attorney and stuff. I didn't know anything about that. And of course, that would be your style, not to share that, but how God worked through that. So folks, hey, listen to this again, man. Go to, if you want to hear more, uh, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can also, if you want to get in touch with Pastor Brian, it's Christian Fellowship Church, cfcwired.org. That's cfcwired.org. You can always call me at the station, 703-807-2266. Hey, buddy, see you again soon. God bless you, man. We'll see you folks. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.